Welcome and thanks for joining me, Gary Zacharias, with The Apologist Bookshelf. I'm going to go back in and take another look at a book called A Practical Guide to Culture by Stone Street and Kunkel. Excellent book. This is so practical because it's in the title, but it's more than that. It is practical. I've gone through this book, at least portions of it, with some Sunday morning classes, and the parents in there really appreciated this because the subtitle is Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. And my wife and I have talked about that, how tough it would be now to raise kids in this culture when you see what seems to be traditional morality disintegrating all around. So this is a, an, a wonderful book. It covers things like when you talk to your kids, talking to them about the hookup culture and sexual orientation and gender identity, affluence, consumerism, addiction, entertainment, racial tension. So you can see these are important things. Well, the one that I wanted to look at today is chapter 8, dealing with pornography. And uh, they open up with a quote from Pope John Paul II. And I think this really sets the stage. There is no dignity when the human dimension is eliminated from the person. In short, the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much of the person, but it shows far too little. And then they quote Josh McDowell, a famous Christian apologist, says the question is not, will my kids see porn, but how will they handle it when they do? So it's, it's out there. And they point out that the vast majority of kids have had an exposure to pornography, and parents can't just turn their back or just hope that things like that won't happen. Uh, they share some statistics that say, before the age of 18, 90% of boys and 60% of girls said they were exposed to pornography. And Christian men and women were polled. 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women admit to watching porn at least once a month. So we're not talking about, oops, I got on that website one time. We're, this is an ongoing problem. They say one out of every eight online searches and one out of every five mobile searches is for porn. And here's a, a mind-boggling statistic that pornography takes up one-third of the Internet's bandwidth. One-third. Now, what's, what's troublesome, too, is that if you think about the next generation, it says only one in 20 young adults and one in 10 teenagers report that their friends think watching porn is bad. Okay, let me say that one more time just to give you an idea. So they ask kids, what do your friends think about porn? Only 1 in 20, and then only 1 in 10 teenagers report that their friends think it's bad. They're watching it. Okay, that's, that's hard to hear, but they don't think it's bad. And they point out that what we're dealing with is not just porn as a slight problem. It's an epidemic. He said, we don't have a problem. We have a porn epidemic. So this book always has a section of what are the cultural lies that we hear and then the last part of the book will tell about things that we can do as parents. So don't buy the cultural lies. Here's the first lie. Number one, porn is a harmless expression of human sexuality. Oh, it's just another legitimate avenue of sexual expression. It's unobjectionable. It's just a personal preference. And they said, absolutely not. It's addictive. And they give you some books here that you can check on. It says, uh, for example, there's a book called Hooked. New Science on How Casual Sex is Affecting Our Children. And there are two doctors that show that you, there are chemicals that get released in their brains during sexual activity that lead to addiction. 
And in fact, people addicted to pornography show changes actually in the structure of their brains, like somebody who's been addicted to drugs and alcohol. So it actually changes your physical brain. Secondly, porn has some personal ramifications. Obviously, I mean, it distorts everybody's attitude about sexuality. It increases risky sexual behaviors. Obviously, it would decrease marital satisfaction. It breaks down trust between two spouses. It says it leaves people with perpetual feelings of shame and guilt. So we've got the addiction of pornography. We've got the personal ramifications. It affects others. It's not just affecting one person. So is it harmless? No. Here's a second lie. Porn is a personal matter. It's really nobody's business what people do in their private lives. But you can guess where this is going. The consequences of porn. Is it just personal? No. It's not limited to the individual. It dehumanizes. It treats people as objects. And we get all sorts of social costs. Like what? Sex trafficking, increased violence, and sexual aggression, ex exploitation of women and children, broken marriages, broken families. So what do we do? Now, so we know there's a problem. What, what are the things that we can do? So they say recapture the wonder of God's story. Uh, look back at human origins. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, God made us and we are his. Well, okay, so we have a designer then we need a design manual. Any, any product that you buy that's a complicated piece of machinery, machinery has a manual for it. So I said, God makes us in his image. We're supposed to be properly related to God. And secondly, we ought to be properly related to one another. Sexuality is a, an important part of human connection, so it's relational. And they said, Scripture never endorses sexuality in isolation. It dehumanizes people. They're just treated as objects for sexual gratification. If you're watching porn, it's a thoroughly selfish pursuit. And God has made it really clear that he's against all forms of lust. Remember what Jesus said? You've heard it was said you should not commit adultery, but Jesus says everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So that violates God's design to look at people with lust. And of course, it carries huge consequences. They point out that adultery, whether it's actual adultery or your mind, it sets you on a trajectory of destruction and problems. And they give an example from uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 6. There are a lot of good verses here, but I'm just going to pick a couple of verses. Uh, now, they give you verses 20 to 33. But here's a question. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes in to his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. All right, so now we know what God wants. Well, how do we help our kids see this? How do we help our kids navigate this terrible part of life that can be so dangerous to them? So action steps. The book always has a set of action steps and places to go for further information. I love that about this book. It doesn't just say, hey, porn's bad. Take care of it with your kids. Oh, no. Every one of these chapters says, what can you do? So here we go. Dealing with pornography. Action step number one, wake up. It's out there and it's big. And they tell you, you ought to read the book called The Porn Phenomenon. That's an in-depth study and assessment of the porn crisis from the Barna Group the researchers in partnership with the Josh McDowell ministry. And then they said, visit the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. They have a website. 
It's called endsexualexploitation.org. And there's a free ebook called Pornography, a Public Health Crisis. So they said, get to know how destructive porn is. Number two, so wake up was number one. Number two, confront your porn problem first. Well, yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? It says to be the kind of leader your kids need, engage in the battle right alongside them. We should be confessing porn habits to God and to each other uh, for a pastor, a close and trustworthy friend or counselor, somebody like that. So we need some major accountability into our life if we're going to try to deal with kids. Number three is take preemptive action. As they say here, you can't wait until you discover porn in your kids' lives. They've already gotten into it, so now what? Well, it says the average age of exposure to porn is 11. But it says don't, you don't have to have your kids be a statistic. I love this quote from Josh McDowell that they have here. I'd rather put a fence at the top of the cliff than an ambulance at the bottom. As they say, prevention is a lot better than recovery. So they give you some steps, and uh, they're wonderful steps. One is filtering. Get some internet filters going. Secondly, monitor. Have internet monitoring going on that you can keep track of online activity. It gives you some accountability. Have some restrictions. Have uh, password-protected controls on particular devices. Prevent your kids from downloading apps without your permission. And then they give you some places even to go to for those kinds of things. Like if you want to take preemptive action, the things like OpenDNS Family Shield. That's OpenDNS.com. There's NetNanny. There's one, I don't know how you pronounce this one, Mobicip, M-O-B-I-C-I-P. There's another one called Covenant Eyes. There's one Circle with Disney. It's MeetCircle.com. So preemption is hugely important. Here's another thing they suggest you should do. Expose the darkness of the porn industry. People see these glamorous individuals and think, oh, what a wonderful uh, lifestyle. Absolutely not. This is an industry that has STD, sexually transmitted diseases, prostitution, drug abuse, emotional abuse. It's full of violence. Women are exploited. Children are exploited. Sex trafficking goes on. Uh, something else that parents can do is initiate conversations about porn. Adults have to be proactive. They can't wait for the kids. Says kids are not going to bring up sexuality with an adult. So maybe a conversation, not just um, lecturing to the kids. So asking questions like, do you know what porn is? Have you viewed it before? Do your friends ever talk about it or watch it? What are your thoughts about porn? Do you think it's harmless or harmful and why? So they said, make sure it's open-ended questions and keep the dialogue going. Don't turn it into an interrogation. It's a conversation. Here's another thing parents can do. Paint a vivid picture of the consequences of viewing porn. Now, what I would add here is that we often come across to our kids like saying, God basically is a spoil sport. He doesn't want you to have a good time, so stop doing these things. No, we're saying... We, we function best in a particular way. And in the area of pornography, that's a terrible way for humans to function. We want the best for our kids. So there are terrible consequences of viewing porn. Do a Google search, they say. Just type in negative effects of pornography. He said there'll be research about the way it rewires the brain, the way it creates addicts. Uh, it's linked with social anxiety and depression, low motivation, lack of productivity, feelings of guilt and shame, the way it wrecks marriage, 
People lose interest in their spouse. It increases divorce and on and on. So we show them that living God's way is a far better way. God wants the best for us. And then number seven, here's another thing that we can do. Always be ready to respond with forgiveness and grace. Isn't that good? He says most of the kids are going to view this um, material. So we should not proclaim, stop proclaiming the gospel, that there's a forgiveness of sin. And Christ is the one who can offer freedom from addiction and hope among guilt and shame and create willpower for us to resist sin and temptation. Something else they suggest is really important. Boy, I say amen to this. Love your spouse and your children. The best defense, they say, against pornography is a close family. Spend time together. Worship together. And then they even have uh, further resources down here. I think they mentioned Covenant Eyes before. That's just covenanteyes.com. That's E-Y-E-S, Covenant Eyes. There's the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. That's endexploitationmovement.com. One, another uh, resource, Protect Young Eyes. And it's just protectyoungeyes.com. And then at the end of the chapter, when you start thinking things are bleak and we're in trouble and you know what are we going to do, they said there's actually a sign of hope out there. For example, the worldwide Hilton Hotel chain announced it would stop having porn channels in its hotels because there's a public campaign started by the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. So that's good news. Even Hollywood celebrities are starting to say, this is not good. Pornography doesn't lead you to a good place. They give one example. An English comedian and actor, Russell Brand, he posted a YouTube video warning about the damaging effects. Then there's a former NFL player. He's an actor now, Terry Crews. He posted a series of Facebook videos called Dirty Little Secret. Now, he even was uh, willing to talk about his own porn addiction and how he needed help. Now he campaigns against it. Even a former Playboy model, Pamela Anderson, she and a Jewish rabbi wrote an op-ed piece. It was for the Wall Street Journal. It was called Take the Pledge, No More Indulging Porn. And as they say toward the end of the chapter, if a former Playboy centerfold can issue a dire warning, then there's hope for change. And she talks about her day in that article that they wrote, talk about, quote, pornography's corrosive effect on a man's soul and his ability to function as husband and, by extension, as father. And they end it by saying, now the they is Anderson and this Jewish rabbi, this is a public hazard of unprecedented seriousness given how freely available, anonymously accessible, and easily disseminated pornography is nowadays. So... They admit that it really seems unstoppable, but it's an opportunity, isn't it, for Christians to take a culture that's lost and stumbling, take them out of the darkness of sexual sin and brokenness into the light of Christ. And so that's the chapter that I wanted to leave with you today, uh, a challenge for all of us just because it, the society is just drenched in sex. So the book, again, A Practical Guide to Culture, Thank you for joining me. Can I just take a second at the end here to uh, remind you that I'm part of San Diego County Apologetics Network, SDCAN, and we offer a free certificate program in apologetics. Just had somebody contact me the other day and said they found out about this and they were excited and they're starting in on the program. So if you'd like more information about this, uh, it's good, it'll challenge you, and it'll really give you some confidence and grounding in Christian apologetics. Let me know. Just uh, reach out to me, Gary.Zacharias 
at gmail.com. I'd be glad to send you some more information on it. It's been helpful to a lot of people. All right, well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll do another podcast soon.